Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Somebody say praise the Lord. We are so glad that you are here tonight. And uh, I do want to say a, a couple things is that um, we're going we're gonna to take a couple things to prayer. We want to continue to pray for Sister Powell and that God would continue to heal her body. Had a bad fall. Also, um, Sister Carol Weigel had a fall as well. Has bleeding on the brain, but she's home. We want to pray that God is going to bring healing to her. We want to pray for Sister Karen's uh, uncle, um, Atchison, who's in Riverside Hospital. We want to pray that God's going to touch uh, him tonight in the name of Jesus. God's an, uh, a prayer answering God. There is, if you have not heard, Brother Jeremy Smith was here Sunday. He texted me last Friday and uh, wanted prayer and uh, said he would be here church on Sunday was very excited to be back in the house of God. He is our founding pastor's great-grandson, Jeremy Smith. And he was here. He sat right here where Brother brother Michael is. And, uh, and during the altar service, he went and made things right with God. And I'm so thankful for that. I did not expect the news that uh, yesterday that they he had passed away. Just a young man, and uh, due to carbon monoxide in the house that he, small house that he was building, living in, and uh, uh, we don't understand some things. Just I don't know if he was 38, 39 years old, and uh, and we want to pray for that family. You never know when somebody comes to the house of God. Um, you never know how close somebody is in, to eternity. I mean, no, that's true. And he sent me a text and said, I talked about excitement and about how he wanted to get some brothers and sisters together and reach this city. His heart was toward the Lord, not knowing this would happen. Preached on Sunday. I couldn't get away from it. As a tree falleth, so it's going to lie. And I'm so glad he was facing the Lord. His heart came to the Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't we thankful for the mercy of God and the grace of God? And we want to pray for this family. We want to pray for his friends and those that surround him. And uh, we loved him very, very much. But uh, we're going to pray for these needs. Would you lift your hands, Lord? We love you. We pray for Sister Powell, that God, you would touch her and Sister Carol tonight, that you would touch her as well. Both had fallen and needed healing in their body. We pray, Lord, for... Mr. Atchison, oh God, you know what he needs, Lord, in Riverside Hospital tonight. Pray that you would touch him and be with him in the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray for Jeremy Smith's family, that God, you would move upon them. His mother, Lisa. Lord, another tragedy that she's walking through, but I pray that you would touch her, Lord, and Jeremy's father as well. Give them strength. You know exactly what this family needs, oh God. Oh, Lord, I pray a moving upon this family, a moving upon them, oh, God, to stir and touch their hearts and cover them during this time. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. The old song says, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. 
in the name of Jesus, Satan has to flee. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on his great name. Oh, somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Precious Jesus, we have the victory. I want you to turn to two or three people and tell them, we have the victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, smile at somebody and tell them, we have victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many glad for the victory we feel in the house of the Lord tonight? I'm telling you, Jesus gets the last word. Do you believe Jesus gets the last word in our life? Somebody shout glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The old song says, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I feel revival in my soul tonight. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you're going through. There's a healer in the house tonight. There's a Savior in the building tonight. Amen. By His name, He can heal you. By the mention of His name, He can turn your situation around. How many know He's the lifter of our head? He picked me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, and He established my goings. Somebody shout, Jesus! Look at your neighbor and say, there's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel the presence of God upon me. The name of Jesus is not just a name that we call on. The Bible says, for the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. When you say Jesus, you get into a place that nobody else, can, man, can come against you at. When you say the name of Jesus, it's stronger than any disease. It's stronger than any sickness. Come on, it's stronger than anything in your past. When you say the name of Jesus, it's stronger than any situation you're dealing with. There's power. In the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. The old timers would say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. Why? There's power in his blood. There's healing in his blood. There's forgiveness in his blood. He took the pain and suffering so you could be set free. I wasn't planning on exhorting tonight, but I feel the touch of God upon me for you. His name is greater than anything you're going through. His name is greater than any situation that you're in. I don't care how far you seem to be away from him. Just call him. As the old timers would say, he's as near as the mention of his name. Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. When you say Jesus, everything comes to a halt. When you say Jesus, everything bows its knee to him. There is power in the name of Jesus. His name is instantaneous. Do you believe that? His name is all powerful. His name is all forgiving. His name has no limitations. And His name is not just permitted to be used by a few. But the Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall 
be saved shall be delivered it doesn't matter where you come from if you believe in him you can call on him he is my savior he is my source of strength do you believe there's power in his name clap your hands and shout the name of Jesus Jesus somebody shout Jesus hallelujah somebody shout Jesus Power in his name. Power in his name. I'm not the preacher tonight, but I'm preaching. I thank God for his word. Brother Mark Muller, we're so thankful for you and Sister Santana and the children. Brother Mark Muller was, you come on. Amen. I'm thankful for him. He's been in this church longer than I have not in the church but this church but uh, he was my first Elisha minister and uh, one of the things I remember about brother Mark Muller is him seeking the Lord in the prayer room you could come by even sometimes midday and you could hear somebody praying it'd be him when I first met him I learned that he loved preaching he had He'd say, oh, I was listening to Brother Stone King this week. He could name preachers that he listened to who loved the word of the Lord. And he married a sweet wife in Santana. Four beautiful children. So thankful that he's here at the house of God. I recognize the call of God upon him. But before he preaches tonight, what he feels the Lord has give, gave, given him for us, we believe in the power of the spoken word. The Bible says a word fitly spoken like apples of gold and pictures of silver. You never know what somebody needs. How many's ever needed a word from the Lord and you came to church and it was right on time? A word fitly spoken. A word fitly spoken. Hallelujah. Not inspiration, but a word inspired by God. Not a word of man, but a word of God. Would you stretch your hands toward Him and pray for Him? Lord, we ask You to anoint Him preach what you've given him for this night we pray a blessing over him Lord use him Lord through the word of the Lord to preach in Jesus name we pray and everybody say amen before he comes I remember one time you preached about the wind and we got a land hurricane the following week we don't want no land hurricane brother Mark would you welcome him to come preach the word of the Lord tonight First message I ever preached here was thank God for storms. But a pastor got stuck in his house because the road flooded. And he 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 called me up and he says, I can about kick you. <laughs> but uh, man, I appreciate Bishop and Sister Bounds more than they could ever know. Uh, I love them so very much. local body here, this local assembly, if you could only know what you truly mean to me, and I may have said it before, but as a young man coming up in the Lord, the people here was the heartblood that, that gave me life, and I appreciate you all 
So thank you very much. Um, real quickly, I, uh, I had prepared another message for tonight. Um, and I'd had notes um, prepared for this evening. And about 10.30 last night, I was getting ready for bed. And I just felt unsettled in my spirit, Pastor, about something. It was something, whether, whether it was my notes or what, I didn't know what it was. I went out to the living room and I just told Santana Hannah that I couldn't come to bed yet, that I was going to go out to the living room for a little bit. And um, so I started looking through my notes a little nervously, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I need to restructure them, you know, all the little stressors of that, make sure you present it right. And, um, and, and the Lord laid something else on my heart. So my prayer was that it'd be a fit word because um, it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to preach or what I had planned. Um, but, but I believe it's something, it's an edifying word. It's a word for growth um, in us as a people. So um, I'm going to start off with Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. It says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. And I apologize, I didn't tell you all in advance so you could get to it first. God, I thank you for your word, which is absolute truth, mighty God. I thank you that it is alive and well, God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're using me as a willing vessel to, to edify your to help edify your people, God, that you would receive the glory. Help me to do your work in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I've got several scriptures tonight that I'm going to read. Um, and it may seem a little more like instruction or more more um, just a principle of his word, really. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, 1 and 2 and verse 10 says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we have therefore opportunity... Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 and 32 says this. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 32 says, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Compassion doesn't come naturally to my debater, commander personality. It's something that I feel that God has helped me with. Um, and, it, and I don't know, there are some people that are born with just compassion, Pastor. It's just part of who they are. They're just instantaneously compassionate. Um, I'm not one of those people. I, I'm very. I'm known uh, for 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 being kind of blunt with people. Uh, when I was younger, I was very zealous without tact. Um, is the nice way to put it, um, and uh, unintentionally so, unwise and and uh, uh, ignorant to be honest uh, about. 
how to deal with people. Um, but I believe it's, it's a vital part of living for God is being a compassionate person. It's part of who God is and his characteristics. But in, in reading these verses, we, we realize that the people of God are clearly meant to be more than a social club. The church is more than just a gathering of people with like-minded beliefs. The saints of God are more than just friends hanging out. And Christianity is more than just a movement of religion and corporations. Being a member of the body of Christ is for sure a gift of God's mercy and grace. It's a miracle being performed day to day that, we're, that we as sinners are able to be called by his wonderful name of Jesus. It's awesome. It's, it's little, we take that word for granted, I think, sometimes. The word awesome will put you in awe. It's mind-blowing to me that while, we're sinner, while we were sinners, the living God died for us that we could be saved. We have a destiny in the hope of glory. We have something to look forward to beyond this vessel of clay when it dies. We have that, that hope and glory to look forward to heaven. This is what binds us together. Uh, it, that one goal in mind, that one like-minded passion of an achievement to focus together on. As fellow citizens of the household of God, we have something that, that binds us together, that, that one goal that we all seek to achieve. But scripture sets an expectation of something deeper. It lays out a foundation comparing it to the human body. That if one part is afflicted, it affects the rest of the body. According to 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Yes, we have individual relationships with God. you got to have your own prayer life. You need to read the Bible for yourself. You need to, to, to develop that and cultivate that relationship. But there's something about being together in God. We are, the Bible says that we are fitly framed together a holy temple unto the Lord. It says, builded together a habitation for the Lord. Galatians 6 and Ephesians 4 paints a picture that we are to support each other. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I think sometimes some of that stuff kind of gets lost in the busyness of life. It gets lost in the fact, look, all the people here, we're all connected on some measure. And you're going to be closer to some and closer to knit, closer knit together with, with, uh, with groups or whatever. But in reality, we are all part of one body. When one is hurting, we're all hurting. That, that according to scripture, we should be. Uh Let's see here. It says here, uh, Romans 12, 10, it says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 uh, references the house of Stephanus, how they addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. The, uh, it could be read uh, like this, more, more layman's terms. They intentionally appointed themselves to the serving of the saints. It, it's an intentional thing that we have to do. Um. I don't know about you, like growing up, I learned that, and I know some of y'all may have heard me say this, that when you have peers that you go to school with or people that you work with, you're, you're forced to be together. You know, you can't really control every who, who's in your crowd, uh, really. So you make friends with those people. I have learned the hard part about being an adult and having friends as an adult is that it's more work. <laughs> 
you've got to be intentional about it, Sister Darla, right? You've got to be intentional about getting together or you grow apart, you know, with those people. You know, as a man, being a kid was so much easier, really, in that aspect. Adulting, I think, is what they call it now. It, it, it works the same way for, for, for the people of God. We need to learn to be more intentional about being what the, the word tells us to be to each other. Um, Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. We're supposed to rejoice together. We're supposed to weep together. That's why when it says with them, this, to me, it's not just sympathy. It's not, I believe it goes deeper than empathy. It, when, when somebody's hurting, like the Smith family, we're, we should all be hurting together, weeping with them, rejoicing with them. When, bro, when Brother Danny and Sister Krista announced that they were having a baby, I, I can't tell you, even to this moment, whenever I see baby Asher, I just smile. I, I can't help it. It just makes me so happy. Just, and if you know their story, it makes it a lot easier sometimes. But, but, but it's like just something in me, and, and it, just, it just makes me happy. For, with them, not just for them, uh, that I believe that that's what Scripture is trying to say. Our unity should be so strong that we feel with them, not just for them. Romans 12, 16 says, be of the same mind one toward another. This takes intentionality. This takes prayer. This takes effort, time, and work. But it's vital, not just for the body of Christ to survive, but for it to thrive. If we're going to thrive as a people, if we're going to grow as a body and, and, and save this city. You know, for years we were called the friendliest church in town. Uh, and pastors taught on that about he who has friends must first show himself friendly. But I, I believe the Lord wants us to go deeper than that. He wants us to share with people because we're the body of Christ. Uh, I know this might seem a little off topic uh, but I promise this isn't. Uh, uh, Ephesians 6, 11 through 18 says this. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." Just because I, this is one of my favorite things to study and one of my favorite things to teach, honestly, because I, I'm just, I'm a teacher, naturally. Um, but you, you have the, they, they, he compared the armor of God to the, the, Roman, um, the Roman armor, um, and it always intrigued me why. And, and so it's one of the things that I enjoyed studying. Um, and it, it's, I just wondered why he put it in that order. So I started studying, and I started studying Roman armor. So the belt was the first thing to be put on, and it would cover about mid-thigh to the abdomen. It created, it, 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 it covered here to here, roughly, and it was so it would actually give them stability. Anybody ever wore a back brace when you had to do some heavy, hard work? It, it was similar to that. It would protect the core being 
of the soldier to kind of give them strength to be able to march consistently, to, to have long days and support everything that, that he had to carry. Uh, and, and it covered the Corbin. The, the, the belt of truth in that reference, uh, it helps us to stand strong, to march for the Lord. It being the first foundation, because it was the first thing that was put on, the truth is the first thing that we need in our lives. It is the core. It's what will protect your walk with God more than anything. It's what gives you strength to continue on. You have to have the truth first. And I'm going to go through this somewhat quickly. Next was the breastplate. They would put it on and it would cover all these vital organs and it would overlap over the belt and it would cover the back. I apologize. I pulled that down quick, um, too far. Um, but there was something else about that. There was actually clasps on the belt uh, of the armor and there was clasps on, on the breastplate. So they had to be lined up perfectly and they would have to clasp together so that the breastplate couldn't move about because if it moved, it would, it would actually create a vulnerability in the armor and hinder the soldier and, and actually cause them to be killed. So our righteousness that we put on, his righteousness that we put on has to be lined up with his truth. It has to be secured and connected so that it doesn't move, so that you don't become vulnerable and killed. The, then came the shoes uh, uh, or the greaves of the gospel of peace. The, the Roman ar uh, armor, there was greaves. They were, they were shoes that covered up and covered, came up the shin um, and so that it would protect part of the leg. And on the it was one of the first inventions of, of that time that, that made the difference in them in, in the military. They, it was similar to cleats. There's little studs on the bottom of the, of the shoes so that they could move in any terrain, whether it was dirt, mud, Clay, rain, shine, did not matter. The army could march on. It's what empowered the army to march on to wherever the will of Rome took them. So God has empowered us to spread his will, his gospel of peace to all nations, no matter what terrain we face in this life. Now the next he mentions is the, the shield of faith, but I'm going to come back to that in a moment um, for the foundation of this word. Next was the helmet of salvation after that. It protected the head, the mind, the decision-making process. Salvation must be on the forefront of our minds. Our motives must be to seek salvation. Salvation is not just receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name. It, it, it has to do with every aspect of our life. True salvation is unity with God. True salvation is, is going to take place when we're in unity with Him in heaven which is that end goal. Uh, we must be intentional on what we put before our minds and make sure our thoughts stay captured according to 2 Corinthians 10.5. Then came the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, it says. This, I believe, is the easiest to understand, honestly, as a Christian. We, it, the Word of God is our weapon to conquer every enemy. Everything we must do, everything we do must be based on the Word of God. Because let, let's, if, if you... If you just have armor on and you don't have something to go slaughter the enemy, you might be able to take a beating for a, for a while, but it just prolongs your death. You'll die eventually because you have no way to kill the enemy. So that's why the word is so important so that you can kill, kill the enemy coming against you. The shield of faith is what I'd like to focus on a little bit. Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 
the, the shield um, that they had uh, progressed to from, from the old Greek shield was, was an elongated shield that kind of curved around the body and, and it covered about from chin to uh, mid-shin. And, and it would protect whatever vital parts that weren't able to be protected if something happened to get, you know, was coming at them. They could, they could deflect it um, along with having their, their, uh, their sword. But the shield itself was a form of a weapon as well. It was a, it was a weapon of intimidation. It was a weapon that could uh, cause, blunt, cause blunt force trauma to the enemy. But there was something else about the shield, Pastor, that really caught my attention. Along the edges, there was these grooves that when the military were working together, they could lock their shields together and create an impenetrable wall. As long as the soldiers stood together and they interlocked their shields, nothing could get past it. If fiery darts or arrows was coming at them, they could lock them together and create entire domes. I, I can't, I mean, it'd be different than a crowd rushing at you. But if you see this giant wall of armor coming at you in a unified stance, I don't know about you, I, I might be a little bit more chicken. You know, I, I'd probably take off on that. I'm not facing that. Uh, that is what captured my attention. See, Rome w was... I don't think they did everything right politically, obviously, and, and ethically. But they were a power of this world for a long time. Not because of their politics, but because their military force was unified in the field. Rome did not fall on, on the battlefield. Rome fell because they were disunified at home. That's how they fell. Uh, so we as a people, taking that shield of faith, it joins us together. That's why it says above all, because you can't fight by yourself. We have to do this together. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The purpose of unity is supported in the ending portion of the passage concerning the armor of God. In verse 18 it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He wraps it up saying... The reason for the armor of God is not just to protect yourself, but to go to battle, not just for yourself, but for one another. I'm closing now. It's not a long, it's very simple principle, to be honest. But I believe that God wants us to capture the importance of unity with each other tonight. It's all throughout his word. It is his will for the body to be in one mind and one accord. I love my family. Mom, I love you. Uh, I, I, um, I love my family, and I think family relationships that are healthy are a wonderful thing to have. But I think it is so vital that this body have a healthy relationship with one another for us to thrive the way that God intends us to be. God intends us to do for this church to thrive for his body to thrive we have to become unified in mind in spirit we've got to learn to lean on each other we've got to learn to be vulnerable with one another we've got to learn to allow each other to be excuse me vulnerable with us sometimes it's easy to shy away 
sometimes it's easy to just get busy. Uh, We've talked about it, pastor, about just getting busy with ministry, busy doing the busyness of life, and it's easy to, to just fade into the background and let somebody else do it. But that causes more hurt and pain in the family than anything else, really, because then we're not, we're not unified as a people. This is the best place to be a part of. Listen, I'm not talking about ignoring your family and becoming a cult, and my wife told me not to say it. She's probably right. We're not drinking the Kool-Aid here. You know what I'm saying? It's not a cult. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, she is probably right. Uh, <laughs> but... is to be unified for the hurt, for the rejoicing, because we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to do this together. So if we had all stand together, and if you're willing to come to the front and pray, I, I would ask you to, let's gather together. Let's pray together. But when we leave here, let's be more intentional about choosing to be unified together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, mighty God, I've been obedient to your voice. I thank you for your word, oh God, and I pray that it has edified your people. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for it, God. God, I speak unity into this place. I speak against chaos in Jesus' name, and I lose peace in Jesus' name. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, mighty God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, mighty God, I ask you to heal our minds and our hearts, oh God. Anything that has come against us, oh God, that has created disunity, God, I ask you to piece it back together. God, if there's hurt in this place, oh God, I ask you to be the healer of it. God, I ask you to heal the minds and the hearts of those that have been offended by one one another, oh God. And I ask you to draw us together with a love from you like no other in Jesus' mighty name. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body. I thank you, mighty God, for your power for your might, for your love, Lord Jesus, mighty God. Draw us closer together, mighty God, so that your body can thrive in this place. God, so your spirit can do the work that it desires to do. Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.